Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Schneider Electric MEA Goes Green podcast. We are talking um, again about well-being in the workplace, but we're going to talk about this issue from the perspective of companies or from the perspective of employers. We brought on professional coach Linda Ayer back to the program. She was very well received last time, so we've asked her to come back again and talk about this issue from that perspective. So, Linda, first of all, welcome back and thank you for being with us. Thank you, Alex, and thank you for having me back. No, it's a pleasure. We look, we had a lot of fun last time around, so I'm really excited to to hear what you're going to say this time as well. And let's jump in and let's talk about employees and what they've experienced in regards to stress, burnout, and even depression. What is the impact of all this on organizations? You know, Alex, we know this, that the fuel of any organization is its people. So inevitably, the productivity, performance, and essentially the bottom line results are impacted by the quality of people within the organization, and more so their level of well-being. So it is not enough to have the most qualified and competent employees if their well-being does not allow for their capabilities to shine through. If we had to think about ourselves, you and I, and what happens to us when we are stressed or burnt out, really speaking, we do what is needed to get by, often operating in survival mode. So this is essentially what is happening. High levels of stress and burnout mean that, yes, some employees may be functional, but their capacity for innovation, creativity, even engaging in emotionally intelligent ways, building cohesive teams, and finding ways of increasing their own performance is really diminished. So in effect, their ability to make organizational impact is limited. On a more granular level, while some employees may be functional, others have become more disconnected from the workplace, their teams and their leaders, and their productivity has become questionable. I've repeatedly heard this from my clients and even within organizations that a few star performers are carrying those who have been slacking. Now, this in itself opens up a different set of dynamics within teams as resentment grows even among those who are actually efforting. The result here is that people are not taking the time to understand and have compassion for where each person may be at. So empathy is low even though we are facing a pandemic as a collective. This leaves certain employees feeling unsupported and others actually feeling overworked and unacknowledged. Either way, the overall morale is down. So what I am finding in my experience is that organizations are needing to invest more than ever in employee wellbeing programs, individual and team coaching, counseling, and even skills programs that deal with building resilience, managing stress, cultivating emotional intelligence, and even energy management for that matter. So there's more of an emphasis being placed now on enabling employees to adjust to life and work as we now know it, building adaptive intelligence as we call it, rather than technical skills training. And that's where we find ourselves as organizations right now. So with that, Linda, what are we looking at over the next couple of years 
how is this scenario going to play out for businesses, both on a national level, but also globally, when we look at how to manage people? So the picture is not all bleak in that employees at multinational corporations are actually engaging with their global team members more than ever, where previously most engagement at this level would take place when people physically travel to each other. Now it is an accepted norm that meetings and other casual engagements can take place virtually. So whether global or local, we are looking at the proliferation of a hybrid working model. And this means that we need to increasingly navigate the dynamics of working within remote teams and even look at what is required to lead these remote teams. And for many organizations, this is not just a temporary engagement. We are increasingly hearing of companies allowing employees to work from home on a permanent basis or at least for three days a week. With this movement away from the physical office space, my sense, Alex, is that organizations are becoming and will continue to become more fluid in terms of their structures. We will certainly see a flattening of hierarchical structures and certainly more matrix reporting across remote teams. In addition, there is the rise of what is termed digital immigration, where even local organizations are able to hire employees from all parts of the world. And these individuals can work from their resident countries without needing to physically immigrate. This does introduce a great deal more diversity into organizations, not just cultural, but on various dimensions. And organizations will certainly need to pay attention to these differences and become more adept at ensuring integration and alignment of their people. For that matter, even new employees sourced locally may not have the opportunity to go to a physical workplace. And as such, your typical onboarding and integration period may look completely different to what you and I know it to be. So from a people development or people management perspective, we also need to consider other elements of the talent life cycle because those will shift too. things like performance management and as well as how you reward and recognize your people. So how we manage and motivate our talent may require a complete rethink. As you can imagine, these fundamental cha uh, changes within organization requires that every one of us as employees, team members, managers, leaders, and even as service providers shift our paradigms around how we work and even engage with each other. Now, Linda, I want to ask you about the the big question which a lot of organizations are facing right now. If we look at this idea of virtual remote working and virtual remote teams, if we think that's here to stay, how do we ensure that team performance works? How do we ensure that teams are effective in this model? Great question, Alex. And as I mentioned earlier, the way in which we typically have managed performance does need to be rethought, in fact, re-engineered. And at the core of this is being able to establish and maintain our connection with each other virtually. Now, many of us have an inherent resistance to virtual connection. 
largely because we yearn for the old norm of physical engagement. What I can say is that this tends to happen when we are not able to accept our reality as it is, which is so critical for moving forward and even thriving. As a coach, I must add from my own experience that although physical interaction with my clients is great, I can honestly say that online coaching has certainly not taken anything away in terms of the quality of connection I'm able to have with my clients. The bottom line here is that the way we connect has fundamentally changed and every one of us is required to make a conscious effort to build connection with each other. Once we have that, we are that much closer to building trust within our teams, whether it be virtually or physically. You know, companies that have been able to maintain a high level of trust amongst its people have actually flourished during these times. That has been the differentiator. So when we talk trust here, we are referring to behaviors such as maintaining healthy boundaries, ensuring that there is reliability and accountability, and even cultivating integrity, albeit remotely. So ultimately though, what it all comes down to is communication, where the team members are building connection or trust, managing conflict or giving feedback. And what I mean here is not necessarily more communication, but clearer communication. Virtual or remote teams call for more clarity than ever before. And if this is not forthcoming, then the onus is on every one of us to ask for it. This undoubtedly, as we know, begins at the top, but it does become the responsibility of all of us. And this is what essentially creates alignment towards a common vision and goal and allows for our team effectiveness and performance to be consistently high. Now, the last question from me, which is on a phrase that everybody has heard. I'm not sure if everybody likes it, but it's this new normal. We keep talking about a new normal. What shifts do organizations need to make going forward to not just maximize the potential of their people, but also as well keep their culture alive, you know, a culture which they've spent years building up? So Alex, there is so much here that can be unpacked that, you know, we may actually need a whole episode just for this question alone. However, I can mention a few pertinent points that are coming through as critical at the moment. Firstly, if we look at our leadership, our managers and leaders need to be cognizant of the style that they adopt with their people. They cannot be a one size fits all approach and they do need to work with where each person may be at, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally as well. And yes, this does feel like it requires more effort. And it does, because being present to your people while they work remotely does require more conscious effort than being in the same physical workspace as them. So leadership presence has become more imperative than ever. And employees, in fact, are citing this as one of the most important forms of support that they require at this time. Then we need to also consider the talent life cycle and actually not just consider it, but reconsider it. So as mentioned previously, we do need to factor in the hybrid working model into activities such as the recruitment and onboarding of new staff, performance management, 
in terms of what we measure, even the rewarding and recognizing of staff, knowing that this is critical to keep staff motivated and making a conscious effort in this regard. You know, even team building, which has always been an essential form of increasing team cohesion, needs to be rethought. Organizations need to think of creative and innovative ways to bring employees together socially, whether virtual or not, and actually even increase the frequency of these to keep the morale and the culture of their organization intact. Now, speaking about culture, where previously it was relatively easy to experience a company's culture on a physical basis, it is not as simple when your employees are working remotely, even across countries, and particularly for new employees who may not have a reference point at all. So this is where culture, which is essentially our unique way of doing things, has to be brought into the daily engagement with staff members wherever possible, as there isn't necessarily that reliance on seeing the culture physically in action. And this is where cultivating a culture of trust, inclusivity and flexibility is imperative as a foundation for business survival, sustainability and growth. So in essence, organizational culture will need to become more of a living and breathing way of being rather than artifact or symbol based. As a final thought, Alex, we are aware that the world as we know it has fundamentally changed and the world of work is the epitome of that. Organizations that are able to endure and thrive through this transition are those who are able to be open to shifting the way they typically do things, even if it has previously worked. It's those who are able to embrace the idea that employee needs have changed thus requiring different ways of engaging with them and organizations who are agile enough to recalibrate amidst the whirlwind of change and uncertainty and realign where necessary as the times may dictate right now. So then I think we could go on and on and on with the subject. I know that you have a lot more to say and it is such a big issue for many organizations and many human resources professionals as well you know how do you how do you make sure that everything works and how do you you know keep that culture how do you get people to gel but as always it's wonderful to hear from you thank you thank you alex for having me and i look forward to continuing the discussion as we do as well it's been as always a pleasure to have you with us today listening in do stay tuned we are going to have another episode same time next week until then take care goodbye Thank you.